Sorry, play Illicit Affairs by Taylor Swift. This is just the Illicit Affairs fan account. Sabrina. Anubis, backwards. See what I did there? All right, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Anubis Backwards. I'm Brenna, I'm from America, obviously. I'm Emily, I'm from America. And I'm Laura, I'm also from America, wow. 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 Today we're going to be recapping House of Confrontation, House of Alarms, Uh, but first we need to wish a very happy birthday to our good pal Brad Kavana. Happy birthday, Brad. Happy birthday, Brad. Is is he a Leo or a Virgo? I am not the Zodiac expert. I'm Googling, give me a minute. (laughs) I like how I have to stop everything to find out Zodiac signs. If you've been living under a rock, Brad plays Fabian. If for some reason you have not listened to our Brad episode, go listen to it. He came on the podcast a couple weeks ago and it was a really fun time. And yeah, he's super cool. So I hope he has a wonderful birthday. We have a great birthday. Happy birthday. Also, you're a Leo. I'm sorry. I thought you were a Virgo, but you're like just barely a Leo. So it's fine. Be a Leo. Hang out with your cat. Hang out with your fiance. <laughs> Take some more pictures on Instagram. Tweet us your weird House of Anubis theories. Yeah, some House of Anubis theories, some spinoff ideas, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely the spinoff ideas. I think we're compiling a list for when Studio 100 finally emails us. <laughs> we're getting Brad on board. Brad's like, I'm here to guest. <laughs> All right. And then the other fun thing today. Um, so we were recording this on Sunday, August 16th. And Laura and I got to meet in real life for the first time today. It was very exciting. Ooh, cheering. It was it was yeah. very, very exciting. We had a picnic in True House of Anubis fashion and also in True House of Anubis fashion. It kind of decided to rain off it on all day, so our picnic plans were almost spoiled, but then we did it underneath the gazebo. We get the brain cell. Yeah. But we were missing Emily, obviously, so we're hoping one day all three of us will get to meet, but... Yeah, I was really sitting in one of the stock rooms at work going through mismatched socks while they were hanging out, so, like, pour one out for me, guys. Pour one out. We don't have our Photoshop picture with Emily, but we need a real picture I yes. photoshop that really quickly on my break. I'll have to try to get a bu- to do a better one later. Yeah, that was impressive. It looked yeah, just- <laughs> yeah, it was just me and Laura and Emily and Spangle. I got to meet Spangle, Spangle the bear. And of course, we drank Panera coffee and ate Wawa hoagies for Eddie. Yeah, we had some hoagies in honor of Eddie. But were they yeah. spaghetti hoagies? No, they were I had a chicken no. hoagie. <laughs> I had a chicken one too. <laughs> we I had pizza. Not from Wawa. <laughs> Nice. Wawa does not sell spaghetti hoagies. They should. We'll have to complain. I don't think they have spaghetti at Wawa. They have mac and cheese. I wonder if they would put the mac and cheese on a hoagie. What if I tweeted Wawa? Will you make a spaghetti hoagie? (laughs) I'm I'm going to do it from the podcast Twitter. They might reply. (laughs) I don't know. They seem like they've got a cool social media team. They might actually respond. I want to see what they'd say. They might respond to that. On that note, I think we are ready to get into the episode. All right, so this episode starts and Patricia is walking in the woods again when she spots Rufus and yells, don't come any closer to me or I will scream. And he immediately tries to calm her down and is like, I know that your friend Joy has disappeared. And she's like, how do you know that? And Rufus tells her that he is actually a private investigator. And he tells her his fake name, which is Renee Zeldman. He says that if he can get a photo of Joy, he can help Patricia find her. And that also Joy is in great danger. So he puts his business card on the ground and like backs away to try to make her feel safe and says, call him if 
she wants help finding joy. Iroh, did she not learn anything from last time with, like, walking alone in the woods? Like, girl does not get the brain cell for that. Oh, my God. Also, I just started talking about how much I hated Rufus. Oh, my God. It's so creepy. It's so creepy. All I had for this scene was, like, this is creepy AF. I would be terrified if this random man I kept seeing approached me in the woods. Again? Then it's like, I know all this everything about you, and I know your friend's missing, and, like... I want a picture of her and I'm going to try to find her. I'd be like, please leave me alone. Ma'am, you should have called the cops immediately. Well, the cops are in on it. That's true. Coming from someone who went to Target Thursday night because I forgot my pepper spray at home when I was out of town because the guy at the front desk of my hotel gave me bad vibes. Like, this girl does not get the brain cell for not taking care of herself after being given bad vibes by a creepy man of the woods. She should have at least had pepper spray. So, back at the house, Fabian, Nina, and Amber are all in the kitchen trying to figure out what the latest riddle means. So, just to recap, it was, when daytime ends at midday through the tears of class, the eye shall see. So, they decide they're going to try to talk about it during lunch. Amber asks why there can't be a map to give them the answers, and that's when Mick walks in on them. So, Nina makes up this stupid lie about how she loves pirates, and they're talking about a pirate map on the back of a cereal box. And Mick's kind of like, okay. But then he actually has a present for Amber. I don't know why he has a present for Amber, but he does. And then he's like, oh, we should hang out during lunch today. And she's like, oh, man, I already have plans. Um, But obviously, she can't tell him exactly what the plans are. But she has plans with Sabuna. So okay, so in this scene, Amber asked what was on the Shakespeare test. And I just thought that was the funniest thing. (laughs) Priorities. He wants to get a good grade. And then I just said, like, really loving Nina's ridiculous lies that are really horrible. She's like, I just love pirates. Like first it's, I love taxidermy. And now it's, I love pirates. Oh my God. Nina loves everything. (laughs) Alexa plays seven by Taylor Swift. (laughs) And then I always just, I don't know this. I will continue to feel bad for uh, Mick as he continues to get lied to by Amber, but like, let's let Mick and Sabuna, let Mick and Sabuna 2K11. I said Mick's looks, Mick's, Mick looks sad, so I am also sad. So sad. <laughs> a mood. Like, when Mick walked in, Amber looked so happy to see him, and, like, he gave her the gift and everything, and she was so happy, and then she, like, had to blow him off for Sabuna, and then I was just, like, sad all around. Yes, same. She needs to, like, tell him something so that, like, stop being sad, but I feel like she can't be, like, there's a Egyptian mystery going on, so then, like, what's she gonna say? I just want to hang out with Nina and <laughs> Why yeah. can't she, like, lie and say, like, they admitted they're actually dating and they don't want anyone else to know and that's why she's, like, she's helping them, like, plan dates. But, like, Mick, you can't know about it, so pretend you know nothing. But then you know Mick would tell Fabian. Mick would. Mick would be like, <laughs> so Fabian. you and Nina. And Fabian would be like, what? And then he'd be like, ah, I know the truth. And Fabian would still be like, what? Mick would be, <laughs> like, be like, we went over this. <laughs> immediately be involved. I feel like Amber, if Amber rolled up to Nina and Fabian was like, so Mick thinks you're dating. That's why I'm avoiding him so I can help you to have like nice dates. Mick would be like, Nina would be like, what? And then she's like, just just, just play along with it. And Nina would just fake one. Fabian would be like, Ugh. oh, they could have totally had a fake dating trope. That would have been fun. Yeah, be the fake dating Baby, trope. like, I'm very uncomfortable with the energy we've created in this studio. Oh my God. But also, like, low key excited about it. You know it. You know what? House Phoenix never gave us the fake dating trope, and I just fixed it right there. I'm kind of surprised yeah. because I feel like it gave us a lot of other tropes. You know who gave us a good fake dating trope? Chaw. Well, <laughs> I was gonna just say wolf one. <laughs> we're not wrong. Honestly, they were they were really peak fake dating friends to lovers right there. Fake. See, that's why I I'm 
gone over this theory in my head and the reason that like Sham is like my ultimate ship of all ships is because they give me like multiple like all the tropes that I like they give me a good friends to lovers and they give me a good fake dating they give me bickering they give me everything that I need in a ship maybe that's why I liked Chad and Sunny so much because they were like fake dating and enemies to lovers and I love a good enemies to lover ship oh there was a tweet But I saw it on TikTok, so I couldn't retweet it. It was like, friends to lovers is about the yearning, but enemies to lovers is about the tension. And I was like, damn, I feel called out in this Chili's. (laughs) Oh, that's why. See, the thing is, I like to wish that my life is a friends to lovers novel. And that's my also my romance issue. (laughs) I feel that, though. I also, though, I feel like when I flirt with someone, I start teasing them. So maybe in my head, I'm trying to become enemies to lovers. I love a good bickering. Yeah, situation. I think that's what it comes down to, though, because every ship that I name as enemies to lovers is more like the bis- bickering tension aspect bigger. versus the like we hate actually genuinely hate each other thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Actually, like I know Mick and Mara is my OTP for this show, but they're kind of like different than all my other OTPs from other shows. Like usually, I lean towards the enemies to lovers ships. So they have like an opposite detract thing, though, and I feel like you might like an opposite detract. Yeah, I think that's what I liked probably about it that's also a good trope mm-hmm. yeah so that was our tangent, <laughs> our tangent maybe. <laughs> we'll see that's early we don't know yet yeah it's a bit early in the episode <laughs> all right so at school amber is asking mick why he seems so moody and mick's like it's because you're ditching me and <laughs> he's like we should go on a date and she's like yes great let's go on a picnic i love picnics and so <laughs> yeah amber says literally a picnic i love picnics which is I'm not sure if Amber is really saying that or if that's just the writers, because we all know the writers love picnics. They said picnic rights. Okay, so there was an extra in the scene who, like, did had headphones on, but they didn't have their headphones, like, on on. They were, like, off around their neck. And you could hear the music so loud. But, like, I also made the note that just, like, in general, the extras in this scene were, like, loud. There was, like, a lot of background noise in this scene in particular. Huh, interesting. Because that would have been intentional. Like, getting ready for class noise. And I was like, that's interesting. It was, like, just a weird thing I noticed. Interesting choice by the sound editors. Yeah, like, they want us to not be able to hear the actual scene. Because I guess they're like, this is realistic noise. But then, like, we want to be able to hear Mick and Amber talking. We need to know about the picnic. So, other than the music, which was heard when they were talking, like, the noise came, like, when they were done. But it was kind of, like, it was weird. Because it was, like, that typical, like, you know, like, that high school, like, TV show like kind of chitter chatter you'd sometimes hear in like cutscenes. oh yeah yeah interesting I kind of want to go back and listen for that (laughs) okay so uh in the classroom Jerome tells Alfie not to worry about Mick and Amber and that's when Mr. Winkler comes in and starts talking about prospective parents day he appoints them all booths that will suit them I don't know why I have the no no, Jerome that's so mean I don't know what that was about Jerome said Mick should do nothing because he sucks at everything basically (laughs) oh Okay. Because <laughs> when you make notes, I, like, pay extra attention to what you're talking about after, if I read your notes before I watch. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> like, Winkler was like, oh, like, I'm going to give you guys that suit your strong points in school. And Jerome was like, so Mick will be doing nothing now? <laughs> oh, I remember that. Okay. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, is that it? Yeah. <laughs> he just, like, came for Mick. All right, so... After class, they all go into the hallway and Amber just like immediately ditches Mick for Nina and Fabian and he is sad. So Mara tries to talk to him, but he's like, no, 
like i'm not talking to you i'm still mad at you and he just like walks away so but i just felt so bad in the scene because mick is literally like showering amber in compliments and she's just like okay thanks bye and just like runs away <laughs> um you know that is very relatable when it comes to men i also like to ditch them for my friends <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that's the way it's gotta be sometimes they gotta be worth it and they are very rarely worth it my hoes before the bros yeah (laughs) all right so then mara's a little sad that mick is you know not talking to her and so she talks to patricia and is like mick mick hates me and then patricia's like yeah i'm sure he doesn't hate you and then is like i have to go talk to mr winkler so uh (laughs) she she sees jason in the hallway and is like hey have you heard back from the photographer and he has so he shows her the picture and patricia was like i knew it because there it was uh with joy in it the way it was supposed to be so the one on the wall was photoshopped i mean the one that's the real one is also clearly badly photoshopped but we're not supposed to acknowledge that because it's the real picture (laughs) so patricia's like what are we gonna do and he's like we're not gonna do anything because i have a meeting with mr sweet in 30 minutes patricia trying to give mara advice about mick is like anytime my friend is trying to ask me for boy advice i'm just like i'm sure he doesn't hate you like it's fine everything's fine cool yeah bye surrey play illicit affairs by taylor swift (laughs) again I just anytime anytime there's a pace in scene, we just need to swap out the background music with that's the thing about <laughs> that would be so funny. We need to do like an edit. It's just gonna be like the actual scene, but <laughs> Okay, I tried to like screen record myself going Surrey play Illicit Affairs by Taylor Swift, but for some reason, like because it, I don't know if it was me asking you to play a song, it like mutes the entire thing. Oh, oh rip. Like, that's probably it. Activated your Siri. All right, so it is now, I guess, like their study break or lunch. I don't know. But Nina and Fabian are in the lounge sitting on the couch. Fabian's on his laptop. Nina's reading a book. And Amber is across from them trying to decide what lipstick to wear. But obviously, they're ignoring her. So Nina's trying to, like, figure out the riddle. And she's like, okay, midday is at 12 o'clock. And Amber says, the sun goes down at midday in cartoons. And they're kind of like, oh, that's probably not it. (laughs) So Fabian's like, maybe it's a partial eclipse. That's where sunset ends at midday. And that's when Jerome comes in and he has a giant skeleton that he's like teasing Fabian with. And they're all getting annoyed because they're trying to do stuff, obviously. That's when Jerome and Alfie notice the MP3 recorder on the table, though. And they instantly are like, oh, crap, and like run away before they get caught. I like how I'm so I was texting you guys when I was taking my notes because I like literally took my notes. It took me like four hours to do my notes because I kept getting distracted and I'm doing other things. But, like, this was the first scene I watched after I'd unpaused, like, one of the first times I paused. And it was literally just Amber going, which color lipstick? And I was like, okay. <laughs> but it made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I know we joke the show has a thing for secret si- sisters, but can we talk about a- the love of eclipses? And then I literally made a follow-up note that was, wait, it's because of Egyptian mythology. I'm a clown. Do they talk about eclipses in Egyptian mythology? I don't know. That's like like an entire arc in season three. Oh, okay. I knew it was an arc in season three. I just never connected it. Okay, so I'm not stupid. Blah, blah, blah. Eclipse, eclipse breakfast. There's going to be an eclipse. And then there were Egyptian gods involved, per usual. Per usual. (laughs) (laughs) That's my summary of the flip spot. I don't remember the actual, like, how the actual mythology worked. I feel like if I watch this show all the time, I should know more about Egyptian mythology than I I know. I remember being, like, in high school when we we got to, like, the Egyptian mythology 
section of my history class senior year. I was super excited about it, but we it didn't end up being a very long section. I went to a private Lutheran high school, so my school cannot relate. <laughs> uh, I don't think we had, I don't know if we had a different one the holiday in high school. When I was in um, Germany and I had my class, we had this like, we went through this museum and there was this whole Egyptian mythology section. And I was like, hyped. <laughs> it's like Sabuna. <laughs> wow, I'm in the type of rock. <laughs> I wonder if because isn't there a German house of Anubis? Oh my god, I'm gonna go. Get oh, Das House, Das House Anubis. Yes. I wonder if they ever filmed in the like German museum that has the whole Egyptian mythology section. Oh, maybe. I do want to watch that eventually. I'm gonna watch the Dutch one first, and then maybe we'll get to the German one eventually. I have no will to watch any of the other versions. I don't have the attention for subtitles. So, like, uh, if I could find, like, a poorly dubbed version, I'd probably watch it. Yeah, I feel like, because I put stuff on in the background so much that if I'm watching something with subtitles, I have to, like, have my full attention on it. That's true. It would definitely take me a long time to get through it. But I don't know. I've just heard so many good things about the Dutch one. Everyone says it's better than ours. So. I mean, isn't the, the OD? I think it's actually, like, aimed for, like, a teen audience, too. Okay, back to the scene. So, Fabian saves the day here shows up Nina with his excuse making because when <laughs> Jerome asks what's going on he's like or like I think Jerome walks in and is like have what and he's like oh looks brains charms all those things you don't have Jerome and I'm like see that is a good comeback excuse if Nina was trying to make the comeback or the excuse in this scene she would have made something up about like being super into eclipses I made the note okay I made a bad joke to myself but because Jerome comes in with a skeleton like Fabian your girlfriend missed you I was like Damn, they really did do joy. They really killed Roy. <laughs> joy. Oh, man. I made myself laugh for like five minutes after I made that joke. You're making oh, me joy. laugh for five minutes. <laughs> Nina's really out here. Like, I love taxidermy. I love eclipses. I love. I love pirates. Pirates. I love, you know. I just love everything just except love Fabian. Pioneers. They're great. <laughs> I love America. That's a lie. You know it. She loves Fabian in season one. That's true. She does. <laughs> yeah. I'm just being sassy. <laughs> I love to tell people to ask Eddie. Oh. <laughs> All right. So after this, we get to see Mr. Winkler talking to Mr. Sweet. And he was like, you know, like he's so dramatic in this scene. He's like, you know, I almost believed you when you said that Patricia was just being weird almost believed you (laughs) and then jason shows him the broken cell phone and the picture of joy and is like what's the truth and mr sweet's like it's best if you don't know but you need to talk to victor i don't know why mr sweet polishing his diploma made me laugh but it did i also made the note with my goblin brain anytime mr sweet mentions patricia in season one sir that's your future (laughs) daughter-in-law And this is what I shouldn't say, but I'm going to say it again. Um, Not to be thirsty, but Jason, I don't know what he was wearing, but he had like the top two buttons undone. And I don't know. I was feeling it. So (laughs) it's fine. I can say that now. I'm 25. Sir, this is basically a high school. What are you doing? I'm like, it's cool. It's fine. I can't thirst over Bobby in this episode. So I'll just thirst over Mr. Winkler. That's how we know we've aged. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Character growth for me. I've transitioned from Mick to Jason. (laughs) I'll first over 2020, Bobby. True. (laughs) All right. So back in the student lounge, Fabian is still struggling to find if there are any eclipses that have happened between 1901 and 1923. And that's when Amber suggests that they listen to the tapes to see if Sarah mentions it. Why can't they Google this? That's very... I'm assuming that's what he was doing, was trying to Google it, but like probably couldn't find like 
enough relevant oh. information. Um, I mean, I don't know. It, it was on his laptop. That's my best guess. <laughs> so I googled local eclipses near me. <laughs> <laughs> eclipses near me, 1901, 1923. <laughs> All right. So meanwhile, uh, we cut outside where Mick is chilling with a picnic that he set up for Amber. And he's like angrily eating a cookie because she's not there. And I, I am so sad. Like, I think he had like an Uncrustable. <laughs> Okay, I like how your notes were like, I'm sad. And meanwhile, I was, when I took my notes last night, I was, it was before dinner and I was like, I'm starving. That food looks delicious. See, you would have showed up to Mick's picnic. I would have. I would have eaten everything. He would have had to fight me for it. (laughs) Also, I wrote the note, poor Mick. Also, there are these things called phones. You should call her and be like, where are you? You're right. I didn't even think of that. This is another... Use your phone. Real quick, no brain cell for Amber. She said, no I love picnics. Cell. Let's go on one. Five seconds later, uh, what's a picnic? I only know something about <laughs> But anyway, I wrote my Mick for Heart is Broken. I feel like not that they get done not that they get done dirty, but they get done like it's so sad, like the way that like because I feel like they were like cute together and they were having a good time together. And then like not that Amber doesn't care about him, but like she kind of got so like wrapped up in Sabuna and like wasn't allowed to tell him because of secret ish. It was like a secret. And like, I don't know. The whole situation just makes me really sad for both of them because I feel like Mick's getting done dirty by Amber ditching him. And I just feel like Amber's not even like purposely ditching him. So, like, that's kind of sad too. It's just the whole. Yeah, it's just like unfortunate. Because I feel like a lot of the breakups we get, it's usually like, and their first breakup was like miscommunication. But like, I feel like this is also miscommunication, but in a like, they couldn't even really communicate unless Amber, like, either lied or, like, told him about Sabuna, which I feel like Nina was not trying to let happen. Yeah. Honestly, though. Back to Sabuna, Fabian pulls up the recordings on his laptop, and it has all, like, the audio files on it. So Amber's like, what are those squiggle things? And Fabian's like, they're sound bites. That's how we listen to the cylinders. So they begin to play the clip, and all of a sudden it cuts out, and they hear Alfie, who had obviously overwritten what was recorded on there. Uh, a couple episodes ago, so Fabian is not amused, but he's like, that's definitely Jerome and Alfie, but I doubt they actually figured out what was going on. I just wrote, what are the squiggles on the screen of me editing this podcast? I thought about that too. I was like, we stare at squiggles every single week. <laughs> every time one of us edits. Oh my gosh, staring at the squiggles, though, because I tried to I tr- edit, I like speed edited the last podcast and I hope to never have to do that again. Because like all I did like Monday, Tuesday of last week was work edit pod work edit pod and it was just like i got up and i'd work on the pod for half an hour then i'd go to work and then i'd come home and i'd work on the pod and then i'd go to bed and then i'd wake up the next morning work on the pod go to work come home work on the pod that's like my like anytime it's my week that's how i am i'm like wake up work lunch break work on the pod finish work work on the pod (laughs) all right so back at the house alfie is carrying a bunch of costumes for a prospective parents day and jerome is teasing him about it but alfie's like you're just jealous that mr winkler didn't give you a part so that's when fabian nina and amber come in and amber just immediately slaps jerome and alfie for playing with her stuff and nina's like how much did you hear and they were like it was just the one part it was just the one part it's fine i made the note jerome is so mean to alfie and for what honestly i continue to wonder that why are they best friends? How are they best friends? They're this like dynamic duo, but Jerome just like is mean all the time. Also, this is totally a Jamper moment because after Amber slaps Jerome and Alfie for playing with her stuff, Jerome, uh, Amber just hits Jerome a second time and he's like, what was that for? And she's just like, for fun. So, <laughs> Jamper. 
Okay. Oh, are they? Maybe they should be ship of the week. Oh yes, they yes they will be we ship of the week. Them, we can give them a shout out too because good yeah jammer. And I wrote Jerome says the parents have no taste. I don't know what I was talking about, but I guess he told them so the parents. Which is kind of a slap at Elfie in a way, if he's talking like about his show he's going to be doing. I also think that Nina's making it like seem way more suspicious about the like the recordings that she's like, "What did you hear?" As opposed to just like, because they obviously didn't ask about it or say anything about it. So like, whatever they heard, whatever they did, like they weren't that suspicious. And Nina's like making it sound like really suspicious when they thought it was an audiobook, and now Nina's like, "Oh my god, what did you hear on this audiobook?" And they're like, "Why do you care?" Yeah, they're gonna be like, hmm. That was exactly it. They thought it was an audiobook. So, like, maybe if she, like, chilled to see, like, what they thought it was. Yeah. Maybe this, it does, okay, but now that you mentioned that, that really reminds me of, um, like, Nina's entire personality in season two is just being, like, overly paranoid about everything. Oh, you're right. Yeah, like, if Nina chilled for five minutes, everyone would be less suspicious of her because she, like, gets immediately suspicious and then that's why people would be suspicious of her. Truly. Guys, guess who just showed up in my room? Millington the dog. Uh, hello. Millington, Millington, you have a brain cell because Amber doesn't. <laughs> she must. She's hiding from the puppies, except for they're going to find you in here. Bam. All right. So shortly after this, Mick storms in and he's mad at Amber, obviously. And that's when Amber's like, oh, my God, I forgot about our date. And so in that moment, Mick breaks up with her and storms off. And poor Amber is just like shocked, like totally not expecting that. And she is all sad and was like, Nina, what do I do? And Nina's like, go after him. And then she's like, wait, actually, maybe not. This isn't my greatest area. And so Amber is like, I think he made his feelings clear in front of everyone and kind of like looks at Mara, who's just kind of like sitting, reading a book, trying not to smile. Okay, so everyone, like, I get mixed upset, but like breaking up with Amber, like in front of literally everyone, is like so rude. <laughs> yeah, you really rolled. Yeah, up like... definitely a heated moment that he did not think clearly through. Okay, if we're thinking of these leave it scenes too, I feel like Mick has these anger issues that are not ever addressed. <laughs> hey, maybe they would have been if he didn't get written out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sad. Do we have like a nice storyline where Mick like addresses his blatant anger issues or he gets like very rash about things? Amber did do him dirty, but then he was like not like he really was just like, um, excuse me, bye, you're done. But also she keeps ditching him. Yeah. It's kind of her fault. I would be mad too. But not like break up with someone in front of all of my friends. Yeah, I feel like it could be like let's have a again, the House of Anubis couples don't know how to like speak to each other. Like it could be like let's have a conversation about, you know, why do you keep ditching me? And I'm not happy that you keep ditching me. And if you're gonna keep doing that, then we're gonna have to break up. Wow. A healthy conversation? What's that? I also wrote Mara looks cute. (laughs) She always looks cute. I like I was always obsessed with her outfits. Yeah. I would steal her wardrobe. All right, so after that, Mr. Winkler walks into the house again with Patricia, and Patricia's like, how to go with Mr. Sweet? And he doesn't really answer because Victor um, emerges from the top of the stairs because he's been waiting for Mr. Winkler, and Jason's just like, I'm going to go get some answers. Sorry, playlisted affairs by Taylor Swift. Again. Also, then, not me making this note, then realizing she's in her pajamas, which makes this even worse. Like, I almost commented, like, why is he at their house again? But at least this time he had a meeting with Victor, so, like, it... He had a reason, but still. So now we are upstairs in the attic and Nina, Fabian, and Amber are listening to the cylinders. 
Amber's head is on Nina's shoulder and she starts talking about Mick saying that she loved him and that she messed it all up. And then she realizes that she's messing up the recording. So Nina tries to comfort her and says that she'll be fine. That's when Amber notices that there is a sunset stained glass window in the attic. And Fabian's like, oh my gosh, that's it. That's when sunset ends at midday. Amber, you're a genius. Uh, Just overall, Amber broke my heart in this scene because she was just so sad about Mick. Honestly, that is a big same though. She was like... She was. She looks looks so sad, and I don't like it when anyone's sad on this show. I hate yeah. it. And like, there's so much sad in this episode, there like is. subtle sad. But also, Amber had a little smile on her face after Fabian called her brilliant, and like, I love friendships. Yeah. yeah. In the like Nina like cuddling with Amber and like comforting her was cute. All around good friendship moments. Good friendship moments. Really sad. A bunch of sad faces on my notes for the I love him. I really love him. One, just breaking my heart over here oh my god i i like i feel like i got like emotionally invested in like mick for like after because the shooting is bullshit not after i've initially been like but after i'd watched the show already so like i feel like this is really hitting me like this (laughs) version of like this time watching it after like shuri got me in her mick for bullshit so i blame shuri for me being in pain thanks (laughs) usual that's her brand (laughs) (laughs) pain so next we cut to patricia who's sitting on the landing of the stairs waiting for jason to come back and jason suddenly like bursts out of victor's office and walks down the stairs and patricia tries to get his attention to ask like what happened and he just completely ignores her and walks out the door and that's when victor calls patricia a troublemaker i just want to know was it after 10 or not because like amber fabian and nina were up in the attic and patricia was like just vibing on the stairs yeah, I'm a little confused about the timeline, even just like reading the way these scenes fell. <laughs> I don't understand, but it's fine. I feel like we went from it being like seven-ish, like before dinner with like the Mick Amber like breakup scene to all of a sudden like, it felt like it should have been later at night in the attic yeah, scene. I agree. But like since Patricia wasn't in her room or even like upstairs all the way, it feels like it had to have been before 10. Yeah, I don't know. Also, Laura, you made this note, but she called to Mr. Winkler and then Jason and I just responded with, sorry, play the don't call me kid, don't call me baby part of illicit affairs on a loop. <laughs> Is this episode going to be House of Illicit Affairs? House of Illicit Affairs. Guys, we will clarify again before everyone roast us again. We do not think that you should date your teacher, but we're having a fun time and we're joking around. Do not date your teacher in real life. The actors are the same age as each other and therefore have chemistry. We don't actually think you should date your teacher. Thank you. Again, I, I, again, I, I don't think I've, I haven't said this on the pod yet, but I did just look at, the, I looked at their birthdays, I think before, sometime after filming the last one, and she's closer in age to, Jade is closer in age to Jack than she is to Berkeley. Like, by, it's only by a few months, but still, like, if I saw them play love interest in something, I'd probably be like all over it because they do have genuinely great chemistry. And I think that's just the problem. And I know before we started recording tonight, we were looking up Cass' birthdays. And I know we've talked about Nick and Mrs. Robinson before, but there's like a 13 year age gap there, which is, I think, part of the like why we don't get any like weird vibes from that really like that student teacher relationship. Yeah. So, you know, that'll just be like our weekly disclaimer. Yeah. Disclaimer <laughs> Whenever we talk about Payson, don't at us. I actually think you should date your teacher. That's a bad idea. If I think that if Jade actually was 16 and Jack was actually however the hell old Jason is supposed to be, then we would not be the way that we are. Just, I think it's just a casting issue. And I'm not even going to say it's an issue because they're both great at their roles. It's just, yeah. 
kind of how the cards fell because any other people playing these roles i wouldn't have felt the same way i agree not that i like have any weird i don't know again it's just one of those things where like i appreciate the actress chemistry but like i don't ship the thing i would ship them if they were the characters were the same age as each other yes but uh, on that note, <laughs> let's go hear from our sponsor. <laughs> our sponsor's probably like, what's wrong with these girls? All right. So we are back. We're, everyone's back at school. And Patricia is telling Mara about what happened with Jason the other day. That's when uh, Jason walks into the classroom. And Patricia asks about Joy, but he just instantly lies and is like, she's fine. She's with her parents. Don't worry about it. And then he quickly changes the subject to Prospective Parents Day. She looks so hurt, and it's like the one person she thought was going to listen to her and help her just turned his back on her, and that hurts, and Zuri play all too well by Taylor Swift. Or also, <laughs> look at this godforsaken mess that you made me. <laughs> I mean, oh, wait, look yeah, at this idiotic fool that you made me. <laughs> just saying. Zuri play Illicit <laughs> Affairs by Taylor Swift. What's just an Illicit Affairs fan account? So uh, now we're in the drama studio. Alfie is doing some weird robot dance and Jerome tells him it's time to get Amber because she is vulnerable now that Mick dumped her, which is horrible. So he's like, in order to get Amber, you're going to follow my four step plan. So the first step is attention. Make sure she notices you. Second step, intention. Show her that you're interested. Third step, longing. She has to long for you. And then he stops there. So I don't know. I think we get to the fourth step later, but I thought that was funny that he only mentions the first three. And then my other thing is, why is Alfie constantly going to Jerome for girl advice? Like, where is his credibility? Has he dated anyone before? As far as we're aware, he hasn't. I mean, like, I have my own headcanons, but it seems like whenever he flirts with girls, they reject him. So, like, why is Alfie taking his advice? (laughs) Apparently, this show likes to imply that Jerome is a player, but... We never see this until, I mean, season three, we kind of see it. But, like, we don't see this. His pickup lines are awful. His advice to Alfie is awful. See, that's the thing, like, I don't always get. And that's, like, the way they, like, portray Jerome in season one doesn't, like, fit his character. And, like, he's got, like, the vibe for it. But, like, there should be a little bit more of the, like, what am I trying to, what's the word I'm trying to say? It should, like, show it more instead of just kind of being, like, so, yeah, he's got this vibe and this aesthetic, but you don't get to see it. The follow through, yeah. that's it. There's like no follow through on it. Yeah. And then they like kind of got rid of that in then season two when he started to pursue Mara. And then we get into like that whole thing in season three, which I've got some specific like feelings on, but we're you're not gonna get into those right now. We'll hold that for two years from now. <laughs> oh god. Yeah. So I did the calculations one day and apparently we're not gonna end of season two until like October, November of twenty twenty one. So Buckle in, folks. That's great. <laughs> yeah, we're in it for the long haul. <laughs> yeah, we ain't ever get into season three. What's that girl told us that she'd be finished grad school by the time we get to Penny? And she's probably right. Okay, so after class, Patricia is at her locker when Miss Andrews walks by and is just like staring her down. Then Mr. Link- Winkler walks by and is also just like creepily staring her down and walks right over to Victor, who is also staring her down. And then Patricia just kind of like backs into her locker because everyone's being super creepy. This whole scene is just very creepy. I am uncomfortable with the energy we've created in this studio. So back at the house, Fabian, Nina, and Trudy are baking cupcakes and cookies in the kitchen. 
Okay, Fabian tries to put something into an older looking oven, but Trudy says that it can't be open and she hasn't been able to open it for years. So Nina asks what the house was uh, back in the day while they're on the subject of like older things in the house. And Trudy's like, oh man, I think I have some photos. So she goes to run and get those. And she shows them a picture of the hallway and how it used to look. And there was this grand chandelier that's no longer there. And Nina points out that the chandelier looks like tears of glass. Apparently I did not remember that the chandelier was not always there because I was like, wait, the chandelier hasn't been here the whole time. Okay, so you know how they were trying to get into the oven, which becomes very, very, very important in season two. And like, I didn't even realize it or like, I rewatched season one twice in like the past like six months and how I like did not catch it until like this watch. Yeah, that's like foreshadowing. Oh, because they, I think... Some in the next episode or so, they realize how to open it. No, because I don't think they opened it in season one. I thought it wasn't until season two. Yeah, do they ever go in the cellar in season one? Yeah, they do. Because I think they, I thought that's how they get into the cellar when they need to. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Because I was convinced they didn't open open it until season one. I I definitely remember them using it in season two. A lot. Yeah, Yeah. they definitely use it a lot in season two because it's like the easiest way to get to the tunnels. But I think they discover it relatively soon. Okay, I could have sworn they didn't. We'll find out, though. Yeah, I also need to know that Trudy said with Mick's appetite, I could do with an extra oven. (laughs) (laughs) Mick and food is the real ship of the show. Honestly, it is. Oh, also, I like how my note specifically on the oven was, wait, that's the oven. Then I wanted to insert the trademark emoji, but, like, I was on my laptop and didn't feel like trying to deal with it. (laughs) Trademark the oven. (laughs) The oven. So uh, back at the school, Patricia is, you guessed it, in the bathroom. She decides to give Rufus a call to, you know, take him up on his offer. She then tells Mara that the ghost that she saw is real. And Mara's like, okay, like, you should get to class and like, please stop doing this. Like, let's not do this. And Patricia just ignores her and tells Rufus that they need to talk. Oh, why did I say Mara has the brain <laughs> Probably because she's like, being cautious she's also telling patricia not to meet up with strange men from the woods like Uh, patricia you don't get the brain cell for that oh so yes mara only is getting the brain cell for being like completely not an idiot and thinking that meeting up with strange men that like know a bunch of information about your life and stalk you in the middle of the woods and come to your house while you're asleep is a bad idea also, I wrote that there's a mirror in the bathroom because I think in the other episode we had talked about how there wasn't a mirror in the bathroom, so now there is one. I think it's like on the side of the bathroom, like it's not above the sinks. Yeah, it's a weirdly so, placed mirror. I swear it's above the sinks in season two. I swear because like there's like an entire scene with Joy in the mirror, and I'm literally gonna go find a screen. Yeah, cap. Joy definitely was speaking to herself in the mirror in season two. Yeah, I remember that too. I'm so. made a. Bad, like in my one of my crack videos, I think I did reflection and it was a scene of joy in the mirror. So I swear I'm gonna go find a cap of this and I'm gonna post it on that's gonna be the pot out of context week this week. Yeah, well, I think probably because the mirror was weirdly to the left and not above the sink where a mirror would normally be, but then Patricia can spy where the mirror would normally be. So maybe they move the mirror so Patricia can stop being creeping on them with the weird hole. <laughs> maybe so. I like how I'm currently looking up one of these videos just to see where the damn mirror is because I just need to know. All right. So uh, back in the hallway, Mick is at the ancient history stall because it's now Perspective Parents Day. Amber is giving some parents a tour of the school when Mr. Winkler pulls her aside and asks if she could help Mick. And Amber is like, um, we can't because we broke up. 
and Amber just kind of like resumes the tour and Mick looked a little bit sad and poor Jason just didn't know what to do. <laughs> he didn't say anything. He was just like, oh, oh, okay. So uncomfortable. Jason, like, I ain't got no time for your high school drama. Just sad. Sad emojis, but yeah, Jason is so uncomfortable here. Okay, so I noticed that when, so I know it was prospective parents day, so they had like kids and their parents coming to work at the school, but like there was a very like young looking girl in the like as an extra in the scene and she's like leaning into the conversation and I'm like girl what you doing you don't even go here <laughs> yeah when I was stalking my uh tumblr from like a long time ago I don't know who we were saying that this girl was but there were so many screenshots of this girl and I feel like we're like this is some time traveling kid <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> that sounds like a fun rabbit hole <laughs> But I forget, like, why? I feel like it, this is probably, like, in between seasons. It's time for our weekly tangent. What kind of nonsense will it be today? It's the tangent of the week. The placement of the mirrors in these bathrooms was confusing because apparently the clip I was thinking of I only showed for, like, three seconds. Like, I didn't even show, like, a full clip. Hmm. And I don't remember which video the reflection, the quick track video the reflection scene is in, so I'm just going to finish and keep watching. You have to watch, like, the episode, and it's whatever episode the dance is in, but I have no idea the name of that. I mean, I'm off tomorrow, so you know what? Just catch me. Um, Okay, so it's, like, next to the star. So it is above the sink. And at least I think this is season three because this is the episode where like Joy w- like didn't feel like herself because oh the like Amber oh thing. I remember I thought you were talking about the season two during the dance and Joy was like trying oh, to hype she's herself in the off mirror in the too mirror. but there's a picture of like here I'll send you the caps yeah that's like the cap I have there's definitely there is a scene where she's talking to herself in the mirror and I have a video that shows that scene too but like I don't know which crack video crack video how would have that scene in it and I'm not going through all of them okay, right yeah. now. That's not how the bathroom looked in season one at all. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, wow. I tell you someone moved that mirror because it was in a weird spot and also because there was being... You're probably right. All right. So back in the hallway, Jerome and Alfie are putting up posters when Miss Robinson walks by. So Jerome is like checking her out. But obviously she doesn't acknowledge them because she's a teacher. So Alfie is like, why don't any of the chicks take us seriously? And Jerome's like, oh, it's because we need to go to the final step of my four-step plan, heroics. And I don't know, I'm just laughing because Alfie's like, why don't the chicks take us seriously? And it's like, because she is your teacher. This is not like, no. Jason Winkler can't relate. Again, Jason Winkler cannot relate. So then we're back at the history booth where Mick is alone and Mara sees him and offers to help. And Mick says he still hasn't forgiven her. So if she wants to help, she just can't talk to him. So she's like, okay, okay, I'll do it. And is like quiet. And they work on the booth together. Uh, Meanwhile, in the woods, Patricia still has not learned. Patricia and Rufus are sitting on a tree branch in the clearing. Patricia tells him that the new teacher was on her side until he got too close to the truth. And then all of a sudden he changed and he seems to be one of them now. So she says that he will, she will send the pictures to Rufus, but he needs to be a hundred percent honest with her about everything. So he's like, all right, I'll be honest with you. Like, my name's not Renee. My real name is actually Rufusino, but it's a secret. Don't tell anyone. So then he starts showing her photographs of hieroglyphics. She points at one of them and recognizes it as the Eye of Horus and says it looks familiar. And Rufus says that that one could help them find joy. And uh, once again, I am uncomfy with the energy we've created in the studio today. <laughs> Why are we meeting strange men in the woods, Patricia? <laughs> Patricia. And I wrote, are we out of the woods yet? But like, also, what? She believes that this random creepy man is going to tell her the truth. Like, 
why are you trusting him? I would not trust him. She's like, where are you going to tell the truth? This creepy man stalked you, knows everything about Joy, according to him. That's so fucking creepy. I wrote Patricia for the love of God, and I don't know if she necessarily trusted him or if she was just so desperate for someone to, like, pretend, like, listen to her that she was like, might as well trust this man in the woods. Also, can we take, like, five seconds to discuss or just acknowledge how dark this could have gotten if this wasn't a Nickelodeon show? Yes, I think about that a lot, especially season one. Like, all the Rufus stuff, like, could have gotten very, very dark. Like, I think, and there could have been different levels, like, if this was a teen show, and then they could have even taken to, like, if this was an adult show. Ugh. I think, honestly, it just, like, it's always interesting for me to, like, or just in general to think about, like, how things could have been so different on this show in regards to, like, if it was, like, a teen show. Like, how much darker, how much grittier it could have been. Not that, yeah. like, I necessarily want it to be darker or grittier, but, like, there's just some... It's, it's Brad said they had to do everything in a Nickelodeon way. And it just, like, amazes me how, like, crazy some of the stuff could have gotten. Yeah, I really do think about that a lot. It's all verging and teetering on the edge of something that's definitely not Nickelodeon. Definitely, like, really creepy and really dark. Like, much more than any Nickelodeon show. Like, they wouldn't even get anywhere close to this. And then it's just, like, they have to, like, can't get too intense, but, like, they're obviously having all this creepy stuff happening. Yeah, so, but at the same time, I think, like, part of the reason I enjoy the show so much is because it was, you know, they can't get too crazy with anything because it leaves us more room to, like, speculate, you know? It gives us more room to, like, come up with the story and fill in the gaps. Whereas, like, a more mature show would have done that for us. If this was, like, a teen drama type show, I feel like it would have scared me too much for me to be watching the stuff that could have happened. Like, it would have scared (laughs) me. I think I agree with that, though. Because, like, as much as, like, I enjoy thinking about how this could have gone, I'm glad it didn't. Because I know, and I'm going to throw you into the mix, Megan, you, as the actual 90s baby of the show fandom who will tell me all about the things you used to watch and some of them like I did watch like are you afraid of the dark and like mind you I've watched some of the episodes like more recently and I'm like how why was I a like child allowed to like a child child like a baby allowed to watch this stuff I also remember being weirdly obsessed with the show Ghost Rider when I was little I loved that show too like there were some really creepy aspects about it yeah I was so young when I watched that but I loved it too Maybe that's why we liked the other ciders. It was because of Ghost Rider. <laughs> I want to watch rewatch Ghost Rider, but I can't like find it anywhere. And I'm like, I've... oh man, if you do, oh. let me know. <laughs> okay, we'll do it together. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So back at the house, Nina and Fabian have located the chandelier, so they're hanging it up so that they could see the tears of glass. So Trudy is wondering, like, why are you guys suddenly interested in home restoration? And they say they just want to bring back the house's history. All of a sudden, Trudy's like, oh my god, I smell the cake burning, and she runs into the kitchen. And Nina says that one person should probably stay downstairs to keep an eye on the tears of glass, and the other person should go up to the attic to look at the sunrise or sunset glass window. I love Nina's many interests, taxidermy, pirates, and home restoration. (laughs) She's just so multifaceted. (laughs) Do you think Nina likes the Property Brothers? Yes, Nina's the Property Brothers (laughs) fan. She also that sounds right up her alley. <laughs> she also says we don't grow houses like this in America because apparently there are no old houses with chandeliers or anything in America. Nope. 
I don't know where Nina's been living, but she's like Ohio. No old houses up <laughs> anywhere. Ohio apparently only has new houses, guys. All right, so back at school, we're still at Perspective Parents Day, and Alfie and Jerome decide to plant this like fake smoke bomb thing into a pyramid. Then Mick goes up to Amber and apologizes to her for breaking up with her in such a rude way. And all of a sudden, the canister behind Amber starts smoking up because that's what Jerome and Alfie had just planted. And so all of a sudden, Mick calls her hot. He's like, Amber, like, you're you're hot. Like, you're smoking. And she's like, oh, my God, thank you. And then all of a sudden, um, she realizes what's actually happening. And she screams when the smoke hits her. And Alfie, who is in a full robot costume, is like, I'll save you and just tackles her to the ground, which literally does nothing. So Mick helps her up. And Amber is like, what the heck? You're an idiot. All of a sudden, the smoke alarm blares, and Jerome is, like, all ready to go. He's got, like, a safety vest on, and he's like, all right, guys, like, we gotta get out of here. Gotta help everyone out. And Miss Robinson just, like, stops him. Yeah, I wrote... What did I write? Oh, I wrote Mick is Mick apologizing. I think I wrote, like, the cute face emoji, but you can't see it on the laptop. Uh, And then I wrote, you're on fire. (laughs) I wouldn't go that far. Amber is fire emoji. Um, I'm shocked that someone did mention the scene where Mick literally just hands Mara a half I didn't catch that. I have to go back. Like, it's hey, the like, little Makara things. <laughs> he takes like two bites and just hands it to her to go like talk to Amber. And it was like the funniest thing. And I'm like, I don't know how you did not catch this, but I did. I was watching this on a train. So maybe that's why. I just didn't catch it. It was probably at the beginning of the scene. I'm going to go back and rewatch that now. <laughs> I've also wrote down Mick Burr may have broken up forever in this episode, but they do be cute. They do be cute. Like when he picked her up from the ground, they were kind of like holding each other and it was cute. Rip to Mick Burr, the first casualty of Sabuna. And not their last. Yeah, not the... All the ships have lots of casualties to Sabuna. Some of them survive and get to come back but some of them do not stay tuned (laughs) so in the midst of all this chaos we cut back to the house where fabian is in the attic and he's waiting for midday to happen and he's staring at the glass window but nothing's happening then we cut back to prospective parents day and now everyone's outside because they evacuated because of the smoke and jerome is telling elfie that he's like so sure that he impressed miss robinson with his heroics that's when victor comes out of the school holding the smoking pyramid head and Instantly, Mr. Sweet is like, Alfie Jerome, go to my office. Okay, so I was half asleep. I wasn't even drunk when I was writing this, but I was sober when I was writing this, but I was half asleep when I was watching reading these last night. And I wrote, apparently she thinks he is so mature. I'm guessing about Miss Robinson about Jerome. So that he thinks Miss Robinson thinks he's mature for some reason. And I wrote, this proves that the Jerome has a mommy kink thing or at least a thing for older women. I literally <laughs> followed your note up with, he has a mommy kink, Laura. He has one. I was right and I said it. <laughs> and I should have said it and I'm glad I did. Oh my. No. Also, no. I wrote Jerome, <laughs> Jerome in this entire scene like, sir, please shut up. It's just like, why? Oh my god. Like, I can't help it. I was right. And I am right. Yeah, like, he really is right. out here, like, being into older women. <sighs> Jerome, Jerome, Jerome. And saying that he's mature for, I don't know why, because he literally tried to, like, set Amber on fire, but okay. All right, so then we cut over to Mick, who is finally, like, okay, I can finish having the conversation I wanted to have with you now. So he tells Amber that he loves her, but they're mates, not dates. 
And Amber is obviously so hurt by this. And so she immediately goes over to Alfie and Jerome and is like, thanks a bunch for ruining everything. And Jerome laughs, but Alfie is genuinely hurt by this because he was just trying to impress her. This hurted. Yes. This hurt. This hurted. Am sad. I'm so sad with 100 A's. (laughs) And I feel that. I was really sad and really tired, but I feel I feel that. Like, I'm sad for Mick Burr. I'm sad for Alfie. Just sad all around. Maybe this should be House of Sad. Isn't it House of Heartbreak where it's really sad and it's literally actually House of Heartbreak? Yes. Yeah, so this is like, I don't know. This feels like the, like, mini version of that right now. It kind of does. I don't think we can. we got Heartbreak of- for Mick Burr, Heartbreak for Payson. I think we have to save House of Sad for, um... House of Heartbreak or House of Moonlighting because that one makes Or House cry. of Goodbye. Oh my god. Oh my no, gosh, we we get get house of us crying for every episode. <laughs> house of Sad Part 1. House of Sad Part 2. House of, well, house of Heartbreak, can we literally just call it House of Heartbreak because I feel like they appropriately titled it. I think that one we might have to keep House of Heartbreak. But yeah. I think if we don't entitle the Moonlighting episode House of Emily Cries the entire time, we missed an opportunity. What's the Moonlighting episode? That's the one where Denby wrote those like fake like love messages to herself. Oh, like, pro- from like a fake profile she made from like Eddie's like Facebook or whatever, and like Patricia Eddie has a Molly King according to Denby. <laughs> well, okay, no. So she like made like a fake student profile, and she was like flirting, like she like stole Eddie's laptop and was like flirting with herself like through the fake account. It was weird. But then, like, Patricia read the messages and, like, she was all, like, hurt and, like, she cried and I cried and it was... Oh, that's sad. We all cried. Oh, okay. Also, I just looked this up because I was pretty sure there are actually two House of Heartbreak episodes because I think the episode where Mara and Mick break up is House of Heartbreak. I was right. There is House of Heartbreak in season two as well. Damn, Damn. they really aren't creative. Okay, so we, I think we should actually do both of those episodes called, as like, our pods are called House of Heartbreak, but we do House of Heartbreak Heart, Part 1 and House of Heartbreak Part 2. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, it's the episode before Mick leaves, so. And then I still Rip. think House of Moonlighting should be the House of Emily Cries the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> I love and it. House of Rainbow I mean, should be like, it, but... we're having a great time. House of having a great time. <laughs> House of what are the colors of the rainbow? House of why do none of these bitch houses do people learn the colors of the rainbow in the UK? Apparently not. Anyway, so back at the house now. Nina's downstairs in the hallway waiting for midday, staring at the chandelier. Midday happens and the light shines through the windows in the perfect way. It hits the tiers of glass and all of a sudden this green light kind of emerges out of it and it shoots a green beam that hits part of the wall. Nina takes out the eye of Horace and puts it where the green beam hits and it suddenly opens up and she finds a cylinder tube like relic thing inside. Oh, I wrote this scene is really pretty. I don't remember any of this. Like, I really was asleep. (laughs) It was pretty. There's some cool special effects in that one. I do remember like the FX. It was like green, like weird, like, like, I don't want to say lasers, but like. It kind of was. Like, it was like a beam. But in like a not aggressive way. I feel like a laser sounds aggressive. Yes. It was very gentle. Beam. Beam is the good word. Green. Green beams. Not green beams. (laughs) Green beams. (laughs) So later in the evening, Nina is in the attic with Fabian and Amber explaining what happened earlier. She thinks that there is something hidden inside the piece that she found. All of a sudden, one of the cylinders starts playing and little Sarah's voice emerges again. And they hear her say, he spends time playing with dead animals. Oh, then she said the most scariest is his raven, Corbiere. 
All of a sudden, Sarah is interrupted and we hear someone's voice that sounds exactly like Victor saying, you have five minutes and then I want to hear a pin drop. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> oh, I said Victor and Corbier is immortal and eternal because even in Sarah's time, or is it? We don't truly, know. Truly the longest ship. They can't be broken. They can't. All right, so do we want to decide who gets the brain cell this week? It's going to shock everyone. Drum roll, ladies. Mick! Mick gets the brain cell this week for a few reasons. One, he was not being treated the way he deserved in his relationship, so he ended it, which is a bold thing to do, even though it was sad. Especially in this show where they usually just, like, get mistreated and they just stew about it and then break up with them later, but then get back together with them and don't grow from it. There was another reason why he had the brain cell. I forgot already. Oh, something about the sandwich. Like, he let Mara hold his sandwich. He did it with perfectly good food. (laughs) Go but make, we, always but thinking we about never food. saw him go back for the sandwich. I'm sure Mara gave it back to him. Mara would obviously take the opportunity to have an excuse to talk to him. So <laughs> that's my mini headcanon of the week. So then are we ready for ship of the week? Which I think it's actually none of these ones that we wrote down. I think the ship of the week is actually Jamber. Oh yeah? Well, we, also... <laughs> we, we did get a good Jamber moment. We, we wrote down Payson and McBurt because... We Payson had some moments, sad moments, and Mikver also had lots of sad moments. Yeah, so Jamber wins for like just having like a flirty moment. Uh, like the only flirty Daniel, moment this episode. Yeah, the other ones are runners up. So while we're talking about ships, we haven't done ship it or rip it in a while. So want to do some ship it or rip it? Yeah. Hail to the Yale. Yeah, I don't have my slips of paper with me because I'm in New Jersey, but I found a random name picker online. So we're going to use that. (laughs) Improvise, adapt, overcome. Yes. (laughs) All right. So our first name is, oh, oh, it's like a wheel. This is so fancy. The winner is Amber. Okay. And then the second name is Willow. Did we get that Did we discuss this? Did we get that? Or was it like Piper and Amber? Oh, I think it was Piper and Amber. Piper and Amber. Well, this is yet another um, fun scene or a fun ship where the love triangle ends in an unexpected way. As it should. (laughs) So, you know, Alfie's out here. Okay, the problem is like, I feel like a lot of a good chunk of our listeners are actually like Amphi antis, but like, I don't dislike them. Are they like in my top like 10 or anything? No, I don't even think I can come up with the top 10 ships but like i do have some appreciation for the amphi yes i agree with that so but amber and willow as a ship they're cute if i don't think about it well willow really really worship the ground amber walked on so like kind of low-key fit some amber's type yeah, that's true Once somebody to be like i love you and also i will do whatever you want that's true. And like, I think she was definitely annoyed by Willow, but maybe she would come around and then realize that Willow's actually everything she's ever wanted. So maybe I kind of ship this. I'd be here for it. Because it would probably be a slow burn. It would, it would definitely be a slow burn. I love a slow burn. All right. So I guess I'll say like ship it, I think. I'm going to say, didn't I, did I say I shipped it or no? Did I just give a vague answer? I said I'll ship it. You know, the true tragedy is I used to try to make videos for all the ships and I never made an ant up. Amber Willow one because I think I would have had fun doing it. Oh, well, it's never too late. I am coming out of retirement. <laughs> we <But>. all are. 
I like left like sent you guys like what did I, was that Thursday night where all of a sudden I was just like what Taylor Swift song do I make a Joy Food video to? And it's like it's happening. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna pick the next name. All right, so the first one is Nina, Nina and Ben. Oh, well that's a, oh. that's a new one. Oh, yeah, I kind of. I kind of enjoy this. I feel like they're both kind of like cocky in a way, but it would be like fun. I think they'd have fun bickering moments if they ever met. I mean, I think you're right, though. I don't necessarily, I don't know. This is one of those things that I feel like if I could see how their personalities would have been, like, when they, like, I don't know. I just have like an, I don't know. It's like you can't explain why you would ship it because they never interact, but I just have a gut feeling that I would ship this if they ever did interact. Nina and Ben would be interesting post Nitty Summer Romance. <laughs> oh my god, yes. <laughs> oh my god, he's our second rebound. Or would he be the rebound? Or the rebound the re- from the Maybe they meet up at whatever school. Because doesn't Ben go to some school in America? I don't know. We don't. Yeah, ben was so weird. There was like no actual explanation to like how Ben like <laughs> I know fit ben into like Eddie's, Eddie's life. Like there was just nothing. He was just there from America. He was just there, and they were enemies, and it was never explained. I just accept the headcanon that they are stepbrothers or half brothers. Thank you. Well, thank yeah, Megan. That one I love. Thank Megan. Yeah, thank you, Megan. That's why I don't remember, like, I know some of, like... You and Megan always have great headcanons. Well, that's because we've had had years to come up with them. That's why... (laughs) Okay, that's, like, the one where I, like, tweeted something about it once, and one of, like, the, like, fandom people, like, that we didn't know, like, what what the show was on was, like, that's because they dated, and I was, like, my specific headcanon is that they're half-brothers, and you just kind of, (laughs) like, trust me out there for a second. I mean, like, it's basically I get the vibe they either date it or they're half brothers, and it can only be one of those two concepts. I mean, I agree, but the I thing agree. is, I think I've had the their half brothers had canon for so long that if you that, that is if you're gonna reason tell reason me you think they dated, I'm gonna need at least like three minutes to process what <laughs> you're telling me. It's one of those head canons that you've just like accepted as actually canon at this point. <laughs> me rewatching season three and completely forgetting that it was never explained. Yeah, it is odd that they were just like, here's this guy, he's enemies of Eddie, and we'll give you no context behind it, we'll give you no reasoning for why he's here or where he's from or anything, he's just here. Well, Eddie said he was his first example of an Englishman, which, like, low-key, like, leads me to believe, like, the thing is, like, Eddie showed up at the school, like, randomly, unless Eddie had, like, spent, like, a summer with his dad previously, which wouldn't fit either, and it's like, I don't understand. I don't understand. All right, I'm going to do one more. So first we have Joy. I don't think we've gotten her yet, so that's good. I hope it's Mick. And Giles. Joy and Giles. I don't know about this one. I don't know. Okay. Hmm. I'm trying to think of how to word what I'm trying to say. I feel like I can't ship Giles with anyone on the show. But if you pulled Giles into Rome, I would probably say ship it. But like, I, I think we Giles did the Rome. one time and we said ship it. I ship Giles and Amber yeah. for ping pong reasons. Giles, <laughs> Amber, Jerome. I think that's it. Maybe Alfie. But I don't think it would work with any. Oh, Alfie, I could see. I don't know. But, I yeah, I don't, I don't see it with Joy. done with his bullshit real quick. But then again, Joy's not done with Jerome's bullshit. That's because Jerome has, not Jerome, Joy has Jerome tra- trained now, so it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, she really does. He, he, he whipped for her. He really whipped for her. Like, she's like, um, excuse me, we were planning a party now. And he's like, okay, whatever you say. <laughs> I can't wait for Joy to open her own party planning business and Jerome just has to like follow her yeah, around and help her. <laughs> but it's like literally her business. I feel like that's like the number one thing I feel like I would picture. 
in the future. Well, she like specifically like made it sound like she wasn't going to school, and I was like, you know what? I could see her starting a business. Yeah, because she seems like she's really good at like part like event planning. Well, Miss yeah. Sweet kept having her plan things, and I was like, what? What's up with that? Mr. Smith was like, I kind of like that everything. though. Like he saw, you know, a skill in her and kind of let her like harness it at a young age, which well, was cool. He, deser- she- he deserves to give her something after like kidnapping bullshit. Truly. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I can see that, but I don't know if I would ship Joy and Giles. And Giles. I'm going to say rip this one. Yeah. I'm going to agree. I can't believe we finally said rip to one of them. I know. We usually say I ship like, everything oh, no, oh, in an appropriate okay. age thing. Yeah, but even then, we're like, would probably ship if they were the same, closer in age. So, <laughs> like... True. Like, I feel like there's a concept that I could potentially ship everything on the show. Samesies. I might have said Rip Nettie, but I also don't think I did. <laughs> we all said Nettie's lover romance. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the fact that you can ship everyone on the show is like definitely a huge reason why I love it so much. <laughs> so Same. everyone just has good chemistry. Maybe this is where my multi shipperness really truly stemmed from. Definitely, yeah. Because there's so much good character dynamics happening on House of Nevis. Truly. We were really blessed. That dedicated to any one ship. I mean, like, I think, like, the thing is, like, I obviously have my OTP, and, like, they're, like, the ship I will, like, gravitate towards more, but, like, I'm not against any of the other ships, because, like, Yeah, that's pretty much how I feel. If you used to follow, like, I was trying to make literally a video for every single ship, or, like, just combination of characters on the show. Like, obviously, I never finished that, because I don't know if I lost my clips, or just lost interest, or lost inspiration, but, like... It's There's always been something. A lot of videos. I have. I don't even want to know how many House of Nevis videos I have. I have like over a thousand videos. I think that's insane. In case anyone was like questioning if Emily is the House of Anubis video queen, don't question because it's true. Okay, so I have eight hundred and eleven videos total. They're not all House of Anubis, but a majority of them are House of Anubis. On that note, we probably should uh, yeah. go to bed. It's almost midnight here. so <laughs> I feel like I need to stay on until you both leave, because otherwise you guys stay up way after I do. Oh, that's... <laughs> we, I'm going to go to bed this time. So I'm going to sit here until we all sign out. Yeah, I had plenty of Laura time today, so we don't need to, we don't need to like, randomly <laughs> stay up talking. Just not random shit again. I mean, I love that. <laughs> yeah. It's always fun, but it's always it's like fun, suddenly it's 1.30 in the like... morning and we're like, why did we do that? <laughs> All right. Well, as usual, you can check us out on social media. We are at Anubis Backwards Pod on Instagram. We are Anubis Podcast on Twitter and Anubis Backwards Pod on TikTok. You can also send us an email anytime you want. Um, we are Anubis Backwards Pod at gmail.com. So thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate it. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Good night. So much I wanted to say. The way I see it is there any